Well, welcome to In the Newsroom, uh, East Oregonian Hermiston Herald podcast production. Uh, I'm editor Andrew Cutler, and I'm joined by reporter Alex Castle. And Alex, uh, putting together a podcast is something we've talked about in the newsroom for, for quite some time, and, and here we are. We made it to the big time. Yeah, big time <laughs> in our uh, self-made studio. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, there's plenty to talk about that is been going on in the news in general and that, that we've been go, uh, talking about in the newsroom. So seems like a good time to, to get this out there and share some more of our thoughts. Absolutely. And, and we'll sort of lay out sort of what, the, what this podcast uh, will sort of look like uh, as we move that further down the road. And uh, we'll, we'll cover all that. Uh, you know, most podcasts, I don't know if you listen to a lot of podcasts, oh, but yeah. a lot of them, you know, they're specific time lengths. Most of them are, you know, an hour, hour and a half, maybe. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to say we're going to gab for an hour, hour and a half. I think this we're going to be more of a fluid, more of a relaxed uh, atmosphere. And however long a podcast is, that's kind of how long it is. Yeah, that that, that sounds good to me. I mean, I don't think uh, I don't think anybody wants to listen to us blab on for that long. We've got <laughs> we've got to write the stories too. Absolutely. So. so the theory behind in the newsroom is that uh, we will be joined by reporters and staff members of the East Oregonian and Hermiston Herald to talk about. Uh, topics of the day or stories uh, that reporters have written, things that we find, think that re- readers and listeners might find of interest. And, uh, you know, we'll do that today with a story that you, you wrote in for Saturday's paper, Alex. But uh, in the newsroom really should allow listeners the chance to kind of see how we uh, came to some decisions and kind of see how the state of the newspaper business is. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'm, I'm ready to dive into to today's story. But yeah, I think there's, uh, I mean, lots of things are changing for us, too. We're, we're all working from home now. and That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and I will say, you did say we're in this in, uh, in our studio, which is yeah. true, uh, but we are maintaining proper social distance. That's yes, right. yes, we, we promise. <laughs> and even our, our, our engineer, Ben Lonergan, he's way on the other side of the room. So uh, again, everybody's properly spaced out. Uh, so no worries there. So we'll start this uh, episode with uh, a story, like I said, you did, Alex, for Saturday's paper, Privacy Concerns Trump Transparency. And when you pitched this idea in our newsroom meeting earlier in the week, the idea was sort of that uh, Umatilla County had been uh, kind of withholding some information, keeping back uh, age ranges and uh, hometown residences of uh, individuals who up to that point had coronavirus. Uh, At that point, when you pitched the story, there were two. Uh, this week, Umatilla County got two more cases, and Morrow County uh, got there first. So uh, that that kind of sort of became more relevant. And then when the governor decided to direct OHA, Oregon Health Authority, to release more information, this really put a that put a spotlight on, on this story. Yeah, and I mean transparency around how how governments and public health departments around the state and around the country right now are reporting their cases of COVID nineteen is. Kind of been an issue that I think journalists all around the country have been concerned about and been uh, been trying to to touch on, and uh, it's something that we've been been pressing on through uh, through all the announcements of positive cases here in Umatilla County. But this week, it definitely did become more relevant with the the governor's order and uh, kind of to explain how it all it all kind of flows together. Is the the governor or, uh, directed the OHA, uh, the Oregon Health Authority, to start releasing more information, uh, including more detailed age ranges of people who test positive in the state, the number of available hospital beds, including ICU hospital beds, um, available ventilators, information such as that. And um, that information is getting taken from uh, 
Umatilla County residents that are testing positive and being included in the statewide numbers. But the county's not telling us specifically how, uh, what age range are the positive cases in Umatilla County, what towns they resided in, um, or where they've gone, even, even their sexes, we don't know that. And so kind of the, the idea I had was comparing it to some of the other counties in the state, uh, especially out here in Eastern Oregon, because Wasco County this week also announced their first case. And um, interestingly enough, they reported it was a man between ages of 60 to 80, living in an, an Oregon veterans home in the Dalles which is way more detailed than anybody else was getting out in these counties and also in a county that is smaller than Umatilla even. Um, but then they got their second case and actually switched it up. And now they're not, they didn't report demographic information for the same concerns. And really it's that the, the, the public health departments are concerned that in these smaller rural areas, if you release demographic info like age ranges and sex, that it's easier to identify uh, somebody, and especially given kind of the the, the panic or hysteria, whatever uh, term you want to use to describe kind of how how people have reacted to coronavirus, they're concerned that there's kind of more more possibility for people to really look into that and press into that, really wanting to find out who has COVID nineteen in my community. While they say, and I, I mean, based off of uh, the orders already put in place, it shouldn't matter necessarily. People should, they're, they, they're urging people regardless of where these, uh, these people are testing positive, regardless of their own demographics, that shouldn't change how your personal uh, uh, response to this uh, it has been. You, should, you shouldn't be relaxing any or getting more scared because of that information. At least that's what the, the health departments are, are, are urging. So it's not necessarily they're afraid of a pitchfork and, and, and uh, tor fire torch yeah. mentality that people are going to go search these people out and and you know yeah i mean cause I, harm or not necessarily i think the it seems like the concern i mean we get we get plenty of people that are are going with their pitchforks and fire and uh f flames on uh facebook trying to right. track people down i think that's where a lot of the concern is it's uh it's still trying to protect that privacy but a lot of it is it, and what I was uh, interested to hear from a lot of the departments, it wasn't necessarily about even stirring up more panic. It was about causing apathy in other places where people would hear that, oh, well, we are in a rural area and we are in a, a, a larger space here in this county. So if I find out that, uh, say, so we're here in Pendleton, if I find out somebody over in, uh, in Athena or Weston is the one that uh, it has it and they live there. That shouldn't change how I react. Okay. So this sort of uh, mentality from the public health departments isn't limited to just Umatilla and Morrow or Wasco counties, right? I mean, this is pretty prevalent all throughout Eastern Oregon. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, and we're still just getting numbers starting to uh, come in here for Eastern Oregon. So it'll be interesting as, you know, I'd, I'd be surprised, or I guess I'd be interested to see if every single county eventually does get a couple cases. And then we'll kind of have a better look at how these places are, uh, uh, differing and how they report this information. But what was really interesting is not even here in the state of Oregon, but bordering Umatilla County up in Washington in Walla Walla County, they've now got four cases. They reported their first two uh, last weekend and gave demographic information. Then they got their third and fourth yesterday. And they said, because now they have that many, same amount here in Umatilla County and Walla Walla County also is a smaller population. 
they are now reporting where those people reside. So they announced two people yesterday. One is a woman in her 20s in uh, College Place and another woman in her 60s that lives in the city of Walla Walla. So what do you attribute that to? I mean, it's only 45 minutes from Pendleton to, to Walla Walla, but the seemingly the, chain, the, the difference in mentalities is may as well be a million miles. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's uh, it really comes down to the individual health departments and, and the public health directors. And, uh, you know, we've we've spoken with uh, uh, Umatilla County Health Director Joe Fiamara a lot over the past couple of weeks. And <clears throat> he's maintained that his kind of he is concerned about about privacy. And that, that's something that he and, and the county really want to, to limit. And frankly, I, it, I, I don't know necessarily with other counties why they favor the public interest or at least public information and uh, more than others. I mean, it's kind of whenever there's a story or uh, news revolving medical conditions, diseases, uh, and obviously this pandemic has escalated this more than any other uh, that we've ever really had to deal with before in modern history. It's it. It's always that balance of the privacy of patients and people over the public right to know. And I, I, I think health departments are being wary not to give up that, uh, that privacy over the public right to know just because uh, people are so invested and concerned about this disease. They're trying to, at least for now, hold off. And, and I should say, I mean, Umatilla County said that if numbers rise higher, and a lot of these counties have said if they see large increases, they could foresee themselves giving out this demographic information. It's it's just right now when it's small numbers plus this kind of heightened concern about the disease. I would imagine uh, being in, working for a public health department uh, is not an enviable task at this moment. There's no manual that probably, you know, we've yeah. never been through something like this before. So they're probably just trying to do the best they can and, with, and do what they think is right. Yeah, and I mean, one thing I, I was able to talk with uh, uh, Joe Fiamara about uh, this past week that didn't actually end up making it into the story was how exactly they are dealing with these cases uh, on, on their end when they do get announced. So even though they're not saying, uh, they're not telling the wide public oh, this is where uh, this person was at and you, these people may be exposed. They're trying to contact those people directly. Um, and what, uh, uh, what Joe Firmar said was actually the social distancing guidelines that have been set in place and the stay home order and, and people staying in has made the investigations that they had to conduct this week much easier. And, and to kind of explain some of, at least he, he used it to kind of explain some of the when you look at it, some inconsistencies in how they reported stuff. Because the first case we found out was uh, somebody that had visited a Weston basketball game uh, recently. Um, we later found out it was also a Wild Horse employee. And uh, and so they said, you know, in that case, they knew pretty much from the beginning when they found out that this person tested positive, they weren't going to be able to track down every person that could have been exposed on their own because they didn't have the resources. Now that people are staying in and you're, everybody's kind of limiting who's coming in within that six foot distance of one another, they don't have as many people to track down. And, you know, that's, again, that, that was the stuff retroactively that a lot of places and the state was pushing for as to why you implement these, these things in the first place. It's to make the response easier for, for these places and stop them from being overwhelmed. Um, 
with that being said, Joe Fimar also said if they, you know, uh, if if somebody visits a, a busy uh, grocery store, department store, somehow with I mean, there's not very many right. options for that right. right now. But if they were to, if somebody were to go to a large public spot and they do believe that there's a lot of people that have been exposed that they can't track down fast enough and on their own, then they will put that information out. Um, so it, it's kind of a, a lot of how they're also basing what information they put out is also based on, on yeah, the workload that they have to deal with and what they reasonably think they can manage. So the the first case, the the gentleman at the Weston basketball tournament mm-hmm. almost set a, a precedent that was not going to be lived up to. It almost yeah. should have been, you know, kind of flipped and sort of was the anomaly and rather, rather yeah. than the rule, right? Yeah, and I think that it, it's what's kind of been... I mean, I know it's been challenging for us on the news side. It's been challenging, I think, for any person that's been dealing directly with this in any way, which is now just about everybody. It's changing all the time, and it's it, it's evolving and forcing these uh, these departments, these uh, these agencies, and these people. Just they have to kind of ask different. They have to figure out how best to respond and how what the right way to do this is. And they're learning day by day and things are changing day by day. So I think that that definitely does explain some, some inconsistencies. And it's also, uh, again, it, it's the kind of the different circumstance of right now, there's at least out here in Umatilla County, and we do have to say it's based off, you know, there's been, at least as of yesterday, 106 tests, uh, I should say as of Friday, at least 106 tests have been run in the county. So. With those tests done, we know there's only a small of a small number. Right now, they're doing they're kind of basing their response off of those case by case basis because there's only just a couple, mm-hmm. and that probably explains differences when you look at other places in the the state. You know, the Portland metro area where they're having way more cases, or the Salem area in Marion County, they're having those uh, a, a large. Uh, a large amount of cases, so their responses are going to be different and the information supplied is going to be different. So uh, you mentioned Walla Walla County and Wasco and some of the other counties that have cases. Uh, to our west uh, and southwest a little bit, uh, Grant County and Union County both also have their first cases. What did you find? What has been their response? Yeah, they've pretty much, it's been pretty much the same from them as with Umatilla County, not, not putting out demographic information and the main defense remains uh, privacy concerns. And I believe in Grant County as of right now, only one positive case, same with Union County. So they're still in those those really small numbers. Um, and, you know, the, the issue is still going to be, you know, this is the information that's get, being provided right now. And these are the numbers that we have right now. But so much of it, as we've learned throughout the country and around the globe, it's, it's how many tests are being done. And it, it, just because we only have four positive cases, there's there's nothing to say that that's the only amount of cases that we have. So at the end of the day, it, it's kind of, this is what we're getting right now, but we could see a lot of changes happening in, in the information we have about cases as we see more come in. Well, hopefully all the, the social distancing and all the precautionary measures that have been put into place will slowly we'll start to see some numbers going down and, and <clears throat> sorry, and hopefully here in Umatilla County, we'll stay at four for <laughs> the rest of the, the rest of the time we have, we are combating COVID-19. Uh, last question for you. Uh, 
going into the, the story, I'm sure you had some things set in your mind and how they were, but coming out of it, what did you, what did you learn and what was your biggest takeaway? Huh, interesting. Um, I mean, I think, uh, I think my biggest takeaway, uh, and I kind of touched on it already, was that um, kind of how, how multifaceted this is from the public health department standpoint in the things that they do have to balance. I mean, there's, there are HIPAA privacy laws as well when it comes to not uh, identifying people that, uh, that are infected with the disease or, and their medical um, uh, records. So, you know, they have to balance that. They have to balance also we're in, especially out here in, in Eastern Oregon, we only have these small amount of case numbers, but we do also have, you know, the national news that tells us the entire United States has more cases than any place else in the world. We've seen the deaths that have happened in Italy and China, and we've seen projections of what could happen here. So th there's, there's a lot of concern, worry, and also just uncertainty with that, that the public health departments are, are really having to balance and, and weigh differently here on a local level because it, it does impact the local businesses, local supplies, grocery stores. I, I mean, what a pu local public health department says could greatly change how people are reacting to the uh, to COVID nineteen, and and it seems that they're all aware of that. And at least for the for now, <clears throat> excuse me, they're they think the best way to kind of deal with it is to limit as much information as they can putting out there, except for the things that they value as being the most important to public safety, which is the amount of people that have tested positive and what what they're doing and what care the the person that tested positive is is receiving as well. I don't know if we mentioned it, but they are releasing you know whether somebody is self isolating or is hospitalized, which is also a huge uh, a very important uh, data point when you want to try to consider how severe uh, a pandemic is. Well, it's important to know how many hospital beds there are available still, right? Yes, yeah, and um, and I did uh, I did ask the Umatilla County Public Health Department about. You know those specific numbers countywide for things like ventilators and hospital beds and they said you know they're meeting daily with uh, uh, hospital officials and kind of gauging where those numbers are at and it will be interesting one thing i'm interested to see is you know if we do hopefully we don't but if we do see some type of surge here locally and we do see some hospitals getting filled up how readily available will that information be countywide by countywide because right now we're not really those numbers don't matter much locally because we don't have hospital surges but that could change and then what information is is provided by these local uh, public health departments well something to certainly keep in mind and certainly something we'll track should we get to that point but like you mentioned let's let's hope we don't get to that get that yeah. to that point point in the road and this thing sort of starts to fade out at some point in the near future well I think uh, we made it through our first Wow. First episode of uh, In the Newsroom. Wow, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, we'll have more of these in the coming days and weeks. Um, for Alex Castle, I'm Andrew Cutler. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time.